Section 8 of The Age of Anne by Edward Ellis Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 8. Lord Peterborough. In 1705, the English government determined to make a vigorous push in Spain. The command of the new expedition was given to Charles Mordaunt, Earl of Peterborough, one of the most remarkable soldiers of his time, and especially suited for the work now set before him. Born two years before the Restoration, he had served when a boy in the Mediterranean fleet. Changing his profession, as was then often done, he had been subsequently engaged in fighting in Africa. From his seat in the House of Lords, he had opposed the will of James II upon the Test Act, he found it advisable to take refuge in holland and was the first english nobleman who pressed upon william of orange that he should stand forth as the deliverer of england for the two years that preceded the revolution he was constantly with him and when the revolution was accomplished he was rewarded with the title of earl of monmouth and with the offices of lord of the bedchamber and first commissioner of the treasury Lord Monmouth, however, was not the man steadily to retain the king's favour, and during the reign he lost first his civil and then his offices, and was imprisoned in the tower. His disgrace rested upon doubtful evidence, and he was soon released. In 1697 he succeeded to his uncle's title of Earl of Peterborough, but it was not until Queen Anne's reign that he again took part in public life. He had been offered and had refused the chief command of the forces in the west indies it is said that it was at marlborough's suggestion that this new command in spain was given to him this outline of his life gives but little indication of his character its predominant feature was activity invaluable when energy was wanted otherwise it took the form of restlessness had he any definite work to do there was no man so fertile in resources none who could do it so quickly but obstacles would fret him. He had not the patience of Marlborough. When unemployed, he would travel all over Europe with astonishing rapidity. It was said that he was faster than any courier. He was not like ordinary men and would have been better suited for the days of knight errantry. He had all the virtues of chivalry. He was very generous and devoted to the fair sex he could inspire troops with enthusiasm. None was his equal as a leader of irregulars. It must also be mentioned that he had no mean opinion of himself, and that his open, free way of talking made him many enemies. A few lively lines by Dean Swift give us a very vivid idea of Lord Peterborough. Mordanto fills the trump of fame, the Christian worlds his deeds proclaim, and prince are crowded with his name in journeys he outrides the post sits up till midnight with his host talks politics and gives the toast knows every prince in europe's face flies like a squib from place to place and travels not but runs a race a messenger comes all a reek mordanto at madrid to seek he left the town above a week next day the postboy wins his horn and rides through dover in the morn Mordanto's landed from Ligorn. So wonderful his expedition, when you have not the least suspicion, he's with you like an apparition. 
a skeleton in outward figure his meagre corpse though full of vigour would halt behind him were it bigger the commission which peterborough received from the home government was purposely drawn with great latitude and was exactly calculated to suit his peculiar genius he had full command over the army and a joint control with sir cloudsley shovel over the navy when he was on board it was pointed out to him that the provinces of catalonia and valencia were believed to be favourable to the cause of the archduke charles and various places along the coast of spain and even on the mediterranean shore of france were suggested to him as inviting attack the greatest stress was laid on barcelona a large commercial town on the sea-coast and the capital of catalonia the force amounted to about five thousand men two-thirds english and one-third dutch it was very badly provided with stores or with money to purchase them peterborough's first act on landing at lisbon to which he first sailed was on his own responsibility to remedy the want of stores here also two regiments of dragoons were spared by the earl of galway to add to the force the archduke charles who had been with galway's army in portugal now joined himself to peterborough and when the force stopped a little later at gibraltar the prince of hesse darmstadt joined likewise he had been popular as governor of catalonia in the last reign and it was thought that his presence might win over some of the natives the fleet next cast anchor off valencia where peterborough proposed a bold scheme a foretaste of the romantic adventures which have made his expedition memorable he proposed to march at once upon madrid which was only one hundred and fifty miles distant the road lay through the province of valencia which was mainly favourable there was no army at madrid and if the french army that was now facing galway on the frontier of portugal should turn to madrid to expel the bold invaders it would be exposed to attack upon two sides at once if the archduke had not been on board the fleet peterborough having full powers would doubtless have carried out his plan with a result which from later experience it is quite possible to guess but in a war waged to place the archduke upon the throne of spain it was not possible to act contrary to his wishes he opposed the plan very strongly when it was laid before him and it was rejected altogether by a council of war it was therefore determined to proceed to barcelona but barcelona was one of the best fortified and strongest cities in spain it was absurd that so small a force should think of laying formal siege to it it was not a quarter large enough even for one line the garrison was about as numerous as the assailants the would-be king and the prince of hesse were very anxious that an attempt should be made they especially maintained that the inhabitants of the surrounding country would join the troops and artillery were landed some fifteen hundred michelets as the picturesquely armed peasants of the province were called came to the camp during three weeks there were disputes in the force the archduke and the prince of hesse were taunting peterborough and insisting upon an attack the officers of the navy joined them in regarding it as feasible the officers of the army declared that it was hopeless the general of the dutch contingent going so far as to refuse to lead his men to certain destruction peterborough was distracted between them but he at length gave way to the latter 
the heavy guns were again embarked a public entertainment was given in barcelona in honour of the departure of the force next morning however the english flag was waving from the fort that commanded the city the town of barcelona lies between the sea and this strong fort or citadel which is called manjuic it is situated on the last of a range of hills and as it really commanded barcelona it had been fortified with especial care it was believed to be impregnable on this account the soldiers of the garrison were negligent lord peterborough expecting this determined to attempt a sudden assault to reach manjuic from the english camp without giving an alarm it was necessary to march about nine miles the night was dark the force selected consisted of twelve hundred foot and two hundred horse peterborough as he was moving out of the camp stopped at the quarters of the prince of hesse inviting him to accompany them to see whether they deserved the bad character which he had so liberally given them much astonished he came at once two hours before dawn the troops arrived beneath manjuic but peterborough did not intend a night attack he explained to his men the nature of the fortifications there was an outer circle of works round these there was a ditch the english were to receive the enemy's fire and then jump into this ditch the enemy would come forward to attack them and they were then to advance driving the enemy back and following them closely into the inner fortifications the little force was divided into three columns peterborough with the prince attacking the most dangerous part a bastion on the barcelona side as he had said so it happened all except the innermost fort fell into peterborough's hands the prince of hesse there lost his life a reinforcement of dragoons was sent from barcelona to manjuic as they entered they were received with cheers the prince thought the cheering meant that the place had surrendered and hastening to secure it was shot just as he discovered his mistake an alarm arose that a large force was coming from barcelona to the relief of manjuic peterborough went to reconnoitre in his absence a panic seized upon the troops some of the soldiers suggested to the officer who was left in command that they should retreat and he at once adopted the suggestion captain carleton who has written an account of the campaign tells us how he himself heard this and spurred his horse after peterborough who without a word galloped back shouted to the men that they were marching in a wrong direction restored confidence by the magic of his presence and promptly recovered the position which had been so rashly endangered the guns were landed again and in less than three days the whole of the fortress of manjuic was in the hands of the english great enthusiasm was now aroused when peterborough at once turned to the siege of the town of barcelona the sailors wanted to serve in the batteries on shore the soldiers vied with them in their efforts very soon the town capitulated without there being the necessity of an assault on october twenty third seventeen o five the catalans from the neighbourhood were so angry that the town had held out against the cause which they espoused that the english general had great difficulty in preserving order and in preventing terrible violence and plunder the results of this brilliant achievement were very important almost all catalonia declared for the archduke charles soldiers of philip's army deserted in numbers new recruits came in 
the belief that catalonia was still disaffected to the general government of spain and inclined to the house of austria because castile was in favour of the french prince was fully justified the example was infectious the town of valencia and the greater part of the province of that name soon submitted peterborough was very anxious to follow up these successes and to continue the vigorous push which in accordance with his instructions he had been making had he been properly supported it is difficult to conjecture what would have stopped his success but unfortunately those with him whether dutch generals or english officers or the archduke charles himself had not his energy they determined upon letting the navy retire to lisbon and sending the army into winter quarters in the different towns which had espoused their side these contingents were insufficient to hold the towns and a considerable portion of the army remained useless in barcelona on the other hand the spanish government was not prepared to remain idle they sent seven thousand men under one of their best generals to recover san mateo a town important not for its size but for its position on a pass between catalonia and valencia in this place an english colonel had been stationed with a force of five hundred irregulars peterborough marched to its relief with only twelve hundred men and raised the siege he was always well served by spies and by arranging that one should be captured with false dispatches he created in the mind of the spanish general the impression that the relieving army was much larger than his own he precipitately retreated towards valencia but peterborough was not content with relieving the town with his small force and keeping up the same impression although it was the depth of winter and in a mountainous country he pursued the retreating army he had not followed it for more than six leagues when he received doleful news from barcelona that no less than three armies were being concentrated upon the town and all the troops were required that king charles could muster after some hesitation lord peterborough sent his infantry to the seaport of vinarez that they might thence be conveyed to barcelona he determined with his two hundred horsemen to continue the pursuit by very rapid movements his men appeared now on the right now on the left flank of the enemy and concealing by various devices his inferiority of numbers he followed the strong spanish army the town of nules strongly attached to the cause of king philip he took in the following manner he rode up to the gate and asked for a magistrate or priest a priest came peterborough told him that he gave him only six minutes in which to surrender else he would when his artillery came up assault and give no quarter they surrendered but he had no artillery he heard that the spaniards had determined on besieging the town of valencia and he felt it was absolutely necessary to relieve it he sent therefore quickly for his own infantry from vinares and for reinforcements from catalonia wanting cavalry he converted six hundred infantry into horse soldiers a regiment of foot was being reviewed peterborough said to the officers how would you like your men to be mounted on good horses he led them on a little further there were six hundred horses ready saddled and bridled which the general had bought to nules at murviedro the road to valencia was stopped by a force under an irish officer in the spanish service 
he was a kinsman of peterborough who took advantage of the fact to make proposals to him that he should desert and when he firmly refused peterborough by means of feigned deserters spread a report of his treason the result was that in the general mistrust peterborough passed him and on february fourth entered valencia but not yet did he rest there he heard that a body of four thousand men was marching to reinforce the spanish army at dead of night he set out with one-fourth of the number crossed the river zucar attacked and dispersed the force and returned to valencia with six hundred prisoners there was no further danger for valencia for the remainder of the winter peterborough and his men enjoyed their well-earned repose End of section eight